attended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo. Here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning here tonight in Game 1 in Toronto. It is the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And yes, it is finally that time. The time we have all been waiting for. We have all been looking ahead at the postseason obviously with this Maple Leafs team having you know some real trouble in the past losing to the Bruins multiple times the loss of the Columbus Blue Jackets when they were expected to walk through that series then losing to the Montreal Canadiens in embarrassing fashion last season in a year that they were expected to finally break through but tonight is the night that all of Leafs Nation goes against their demons along with the players themselves. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, the core four here in Toronto are all ready to rewrite the script that's been pretty much laid out for them um, through almost literally everybody in this sport uh, from you know the business side of things, all projecting them to lose to Tampa Bay the Leafs are technically the favorites in the series but for some reason the media is still counting them out whether that is journalists or writer for teams or just you know even guys like Elliot Friedman who have given the the Leafs team tons of praise they are just not confident that the Leafs are going to come out of this series with success but I think that is unfair this is one of the deepest Maple Leafs rosters we've seen in franchise history Obviously, they broke through the franchise points record. They had 115 this year, which was awesome from 106, which was held previously. Uh, I've been high on this team all season long. If you listen to this first episode of this podcast, you know that I said that they were going to get over 107 points. I told you guys, Michael Bunting, David Camp, Andre Kasha were all going to be important pieces. I did totally half up the... Nick Ritchie prediction so I guess I have to take that one but this is going to be an electric series and as much as people continue to sleep on the Toronto Maple Leafs I think this series is going to prove a lot of people wrong I think Austin Matthews what he's done this year scoring 60 goals and I know a lot of people are saying well in the playoffs he's going to go non-existent and because it's different rules and there's not as much penalties and all that stuff that he's going to be less effective. But what he's done this season, scoring 51 goals in 50 games, hasn't been done since 1996 when Mario Lemieux did it. So we are witnessing something truly magical. And I just think that he's motivated personally. We all know how he felt after the end of last season. And I cannot wait to see what he does here tonight and going on forward with this series. And the same goes for Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner has really stepped up his game this season. He's shooting the puck a lot more. 
He looks a lot more confident on the ice. His defensive game has taken so much growth as well, along with Austin Matthews in that area. So they both are playing at the top of their careers right now. And I don't see how you can continue to doubt this Maple Leafs roster. Yes, they're going against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They do have arguably the best goaltender in the NHL and Andre Vasilevsky. I still think Shesterkin was the best goal in the NHL this season, but Vasilevsky is going to be my personal pick if I had to pick a goaltender as well. So I have tons of respect for Vasilevsky, but it's going to come down to Jack Campbell. And I love Jack, and you know he's received a lot of criticism on the second half here with the Leafs of this season after he had such an amazing start with like a 940 save percentage. Obviously, that wasn't going to be sustainable. I was... You know, talking about that on every episode, saying eventually we are going to come back down to earth with Jack Campbell. Obviously, that decline was a lot more rapid than I think everybody expected, but he is still a good goaltender. And when he's on his game and he's confident in his ability, he might be one of the best. And I think he deserves a lot more credit in that aspect. When he's on his game, the guy is hard to put the puck by. So I have tons of faith in Jack Campbell. Tonight is going to be on him. Um, the Leafs in Tampa Bay are very even. They play almost the same kind of system. It's just so, so similar. If Tampa Bay did not add Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel at this year's trade deadline, I'd be a little less high on them. But this team made some moves, and they're a lot better than what we saw the last time they entered Scotiabank Arena earlier on this season. And I know they've split the season series. The Maple Leafs did lose 8-1 in Tampa Bay uh, a couple weeks ago. But the Leafs did beat Tampa Bay 6-2 as well. And then they split the two games early on in the uh, back end of 2021 in Scotiabank Arena. So it's a 2-2 two, two, it's a, sorry, two and two series record. Um, very, very evenly matched teams. But if you look at the offensive depth of both sides, and this is where both these teams are stronger. It's offensively. They're both offensively dominant teams. Obviously, Tampa Bay has a well a well-rounded decor. They have a great goaltender, but their first line of Andre Palat, Steven Stamkos, and Nikita Kucherov is just so electric. Kucherov, one of my favorite players to watch, an elusive scoring winger who is dynamite on the power play, and he's really dangerous. Since he's come back to this Tampa Bay team, the power play for Tampa has really started to rise up. But I still think Kucherov might not be the guy to watch out for in this series. As much as I love the talent, and we know he just had like 128 points a couple seasons ago, um, it's Steven Stamkos. And Steven Stamkos having heck of a year, 40-goal season, 106 points. Uh, You know, he's going to be playing a playoff series now in his hometown against the Maple Leafs. You know, teams always get up to play the Maple Leafs, and Steven Stamkos is going to be pumped to take on his childhood team. Uh, We've seen how this usually ends up uh, with the Leafs, and I think he's a guy to watch out for, and this is all going to come down to special teams. I'm going to talk about special teams in a bit, but... Steven Stamkos, you have to eliminate his shot. You have to stay on him. Uh, He's really matured in his game. He's not just that one-way shooter anymore. He kind of, I guess, uh, like he he changed his game as he started to age, which has made made him such a more complete player. And I think this is the reason why Tampa has had so much success, even though he wasn't really part of the first Stanley Cup run they had in uh, 2020. But Steven Stamkos is one heck of a player. He's lethal in the offensive zone. Um, he's, you know, back in the faceoff circle, playing more center dominant roles this year with Tampa Bay. And, you know, he's winning at a pretty good rate this season. 
I'm a huge fan of Steven Stamkos, um, you know, former Markham Waxer. This season, like I said, he has 42 goals, 106 points. But the thing with him is he has really stepped up his two-way game. And I kind of just hinted at that again, but I just wanted to pull up the exact numbers for you guys. He has 30 takeaways this season, 24 giveaways, where in years prior he would have like 23 takeaways to 33 giveaways or 28 takeaways to 60 giveaways. He's really changed his game now as he started to mature, and it's really working out well for him. His face-off percentage um, in terms of winning has dropped you know, quite a bit from where it was back from 2016 to 2020, where he's winning almost at like a 55% average. It's dropped to 51%. That's going to be important for the Maple Leafs. We know the Maple Leafs are a dominant team in the face-off circle, and um, you know, I'm expecting to see a lot of Austin Matthews, Stamkos lines going against each other, and it's going to be important that Austin Matthews can continue winning draws and elite pace. But I also think we're going to see a lot of David Camp against this line because this is what you brought David Camp in for, right? And I spoke about this on the first episode of the season is I'm so confident in this team because they haven't had a guy like David Camp on this roster. And now they finally have a guy that can go against the other team's best guys. And in a playoff series, these are when these guys start to shine. So I think this Leafs team is well prepared for the postseason, especially with the addition of Mark Giordano at this year's trade deadline. But with that, let's go to the Tampa Bay Lightning's lineup for Game 1 here tonight at Scotiabank Arena. On the second line, since I already went over the first line, it is Brandon Hagel, Anthony Sorelli, and Alex Kalorn. Sorelli, we know he always steps up in the playoffs, but Kalorn, left-handed shot, who's able to play on both sides of the ice, um, you know, really offensively dominant. He's on the top power play as well. He can shoot from all angles. Um, not the quickest guy in the world, but definitely strong on his skates, and he's really hard on the forecheck. Um, great player for Tampa Bay, so that's somebody to watch out for. But on the other side of him is Hagel, and Hagel is a guy that we know Kyle Dubas really wanted. We know the fluster that happened with Davidson out in Chicago um, after they, after the reporters brought up the flurry trade with that involved Hagel with the Chicago Blackhawks, and Kyle Dubas didn't like how that came up. But we know Hagel, speed-driven winger. Um, really dominant in the two-way game. He had a great season with Chicago uh, to start the season, and then he came over to Tampa. He hasn't really had the impact I think a lot of people expected, but this trade was more to kind of get that Blake Coleman energy from what they got last year. That was, you know, their safety net line. They had Coleman, Goudreau, and Tyler Johnson that they would just ice out there uh, if they were getting in trouble in the playoffs, kind of like a safety blanket line. So I think they've tried to replicate that with Hagel. Hagel, you know, he's only making $1.5 million for the next two seasons after this one. He's on a great contract. He's a great player. Um, certainly going to be a dominant player, I think, in the postseason. When the, when the games start to get a little tighter and a lot less more space out there, it's going to depend on your speed, which is another thing we'll be talking about in a bit. So I think a guy like Brandon Hagel is somebody to really watch out for because uh, if you get caught, you know, lacking at any moment of the game, a guy like Brandon Hagel can burn you multiple times a game with his speed. So with that, let's go to the third line, which is Ross Colton, Nick Paul, and Corey Perry that played in the last game for Tampa Bay against the New York Islanders. I expect Ross Colton to sit in this one because Braden Point is projected to come back. So just insert Braden Point into this line, probably here with Nick Paul and Corey Perry, unless they drop Kalorn. Uh, whatever way they decide to put out this lineup, we know that Braden Point, very, very talented hockey player, right-hand shot, um, you know, can play center and wing. 
Uh, he's really stepped it up in the playoffs, and that's something the Leafs are going to have to be cautious about. Um, he's not the most physical guy in the world, but he's not afraid to get after it. He's hard on the forecheck as well. He's so creative. He can play make. He can shoot. He's an all-around player, and uh, I'm a big fan of his, but for this series, the Leafs are going to need to contain him, and that's going to be probably an X factor for Tampa Bay if they can get the Braden point from last year's playoff run because this year he's kind of been having, a, I guess, a slower season than many expected, obviously battling through some serious injuries, but Braden Point, really, really fast player, and uh, you know he's been dynamite in the playoffs, so I'm really hoping the Leafs find a way to neutralize him. I don't think you're able to stop Kucherov and Stamkos, but just being able to hold them to something minimum, uh, minimal, sorry, for the Leafs to counter, and they could be successful that way. But Braden Point, if they get the Braden Point from last year, that's a huge issue. So it's going to be on guys like Jake Muzzin and Mark Giordano to cut down his space and time. And I'm also looking at a guy like Timothy Lilligren and how much, how much he plays in the series and what he can do when he's on the ice because he's really elevated his play with Mark Giordano as his new partner since the deadline. So it's going to be up to the decor and how they perform in the series if the Leafs have a chance here. Then with that, let's go to the fourth line of Patrick Maroon, Pierre-Edouard Belmer, and Corey Perry. Now this fourth line here, uh, they do get a lot more ice time for your average fourth line. They are kind of that defensive line the Bolts use down in Tampa. Patty Maroon, we know three-time Stanley Cup champion, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, won it with St. Louis, then back-to-back back with Tampa Bay. Physical forward, not the quickest guy. He's not going to beat you using his speed, but... Um, his ability to use his, you know, strength of size and his hands in the tight areas. He is a dangerous player, and especially in the postseason. So he's going to be a big factor for the Maple Leafs to take care of this series. Um, we've seen what he's done in the playoffs as well. He just parks in front of the net, and he's really hard to, I guess, get out of that space. And it's going to be about protecting the front of the net. That's another hint I'm going to give for something I'm going to be talking about. Obviously, I'm going to have my three keys to the series, which if you guys have been listening... I already hinted at all three of them, but Patty Maroon is a factor. And, you know, alongside uh, Pierre Edouard Belmer, Belmer is a great defensive centerman. Um, you know, he's not going to score you tons of goals, but the way he plays that defensive style, which is something that David Camp does for us here in Toronto, uh, I think he's going to be an important factor for the Tampa Bay Lightning as well tonight. But Corey Perry, he's another guy that steps it up in the playoffs. We saw what he did last year with Montreal. Um, He's feisty. He's been in three straight Stanley Cup finals now. Um, he can fight. He can bring that sandpaper edge. I think he's had a great season with Tampa Bay. He can score still. He still has that offensive production, so you can't sleep on him. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go more in depth on this line here because obviously with the lineup the Maple Leafs are putting out tonight, it's in part of this line in a way with playing Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford. So I'm going to just pause there and go to the D side of things now. Uh, the first pairing, Victor Hedman and Eric Chernak. Then the second pairing of Mikhail Sergachev and Neon Ruda. Then Foote and McDonough on the third pairing. Let's start with the third pairing. McDonough, you know, just a winner. He's a great player. Left-hand shot, tall, good, good size, good mobility. Um, you know, he's another one who can provide some offense when needed. Foot, younger player. Um, not a guy I'm initially, like, scared of, but... You know, he's a former highly regarded prospect. He can play. Uh, he's been playing with Tampa Bay for almost a, all of this season. He's had some ups and downs, but definitely not a guy that I'm going to be fearing. But if you look towards who's his pairing, it's kind of like our Lilligren pairing, right? And Mark Giordano and McDonough, both veteran D who patrol the left side. And 
McDonough, we've seen what he's done in the postseason. He's so hard to play against. He's really, really good in his own zone. Um, and it's going to be tough to break it down in the Tampa end when he's on the ice. Uh, you know, he's played against some of the top players, but we've seen him struggle against the Maple Leafs throughout the season at certain moments, but we've also seen him thrive. So don't be, um, you know, sleeping when he's on the ice offensively as well because he can make some nice stretch passes and it's still an underrated asset of his game. But with that, the second pairing, Sergachev and Jan Ruda. Jan Ruda, right-hand shot, taller guy, physical, loves to lay the body. But, you know, Sergachev, elusive, left-handed shot. He can find the back of the net. He was the guy traded over from Montreal for Juran. He's still a top player. He's obviously, you know, sitting behind Victor Hedman in the depth chart in terms of power play minutes and all that stuff and offensive opportunities. But Sergachev's still a guy that can hurt you. But he also has a temper. So if you can get under Sergachev's skin, uh, this is the highest penalized team in the NHL is your Tampa Bay Lightning. So... If you can get in Sergeyev's head, we've seen him punch Michael Bunting twice this year, I think. One time in Toronto and one time in that 8-1 loss in Tampa. But, you know, if you can get under his skin, he's going to take penalties. And he's been careless at times. And we saw what he done. Uh, sorry, we saw what he did at the last game at Scotia Bank Arena when he got suspended for two matches for that late hit to the head. So, Sergeyev, it's a guy, if you get under his skin, I think you could get some power play opportunities out of him. But that top pairing now, it's just you can't even talk negatively about it eric shernak and victor hedman have just meshed so well together shernak right-handed shot really physical uh solid two-way player but hedman is probably you know still a top three defenseman in the nhl and i have tons of respect for kale mccarr and roman yossi but i don't think you could get much better than victor hedman hedman's strength and size and his mobility and the way he could carry the puck up through the neutral zone and you know go into the offensive zone and uh, you know, almost be the best player in the offensive zone at certain times throughout the night. He's just special, um, fantastic player. Uh, you know, like I said, great size, really hard to play against, always steps up in the playoffs, and that is certainly a guy to watch out for because with his skating ability and his size, um, usually in the playoffs, that's a recipe for success. And if you don't stop him, uh, they're going to have some serious problems here in Toronto. So with that, let's go to the Maple Leafs side of things now. Obviously, I want to start off with the pure Engvall, David Kemp, and Nylander line. This line, just slated as their third line tonight, has been really effective to end the season. Nylander's finally starting to drive his own play with that line. He's starting to really step it up from that downstretch we saw throughout that middle part of the season where you know a lot of the media was criticizing him. William Nylander, we don't know how long he's going to be with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I love this guy. He's a fantastic player. Right-hand shot. He's creative with the puck. He's going to need to be a real piece for the Maple Leafs if they want to win this series. Obviously, last season, we know William Nylander had eight points in seven playoff games. It was clearly their best forward. Um, he does lack a little bit in the two-way game, but William Nylander has really found his footing to end the season, and usually that's a positive sign. I'm a little disappointed he did play on Friday. I don't know what Kyle, uh, yeah, I don't know what Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe were thinking with that. He is part of the big four. I think he's extremely underrated. He received a lot of unfair criticism. He's having a career season, career high in goals. He had 80 points as well this year. And the fact that he played in that last game was extremely disappointing. And I was not a fan of that move. Um, you could tell that obviously upset him. He didn't look like the happiest player on the ice. And I don't I don't like that at all. I think Nylander deserves respect. He's been heavily criticized since he signed that contract here in Toronto. And all he's pretty much done is just live up to it. And I think for that $6.9 million price tag he makes, I think it's a steal compared to looking at some other contracts. Would you rather be paying Jeff Skinner 
and his nine million. I know he had a forty goal season, but come on, you cannot tell me you would rather Jeff Skinner over William Nylander for three million more as well. On top of that, so Nylander he just gets better and better every season, and I think he's so underrated. If the Leafs do choose to move on from which I really hope they do not, that is when you're going to see him start being appreciated for how good he actually is and that's just sad to talk about but with that let's go to the top line now of alexander kerfoot austin matthews and mitch marner austin matthews we all know coming off the maurice rocker richard trophy win yesterday after officially clinching it with winnipeg and the seattle kraken finishing up the regular season austin matthews has been on a tear this season um like i said 51 goals in 50 games a lot of people were saying, well, now it's the playoffs, a lot less space, a lot less opportunity for him to, you know, find his ways to be effective. But come on, this guy is just getting better and better and better. The way he's able to knife through defenders, um, no matter what team he's up against, he scored against some of the top teams, scored against the bottom feeders. Austin Matthews has lived up to it all season long. Scoring 60 goals in 73 games is absolutely insane. And you know, he's had success against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's beaten Andre Vasilevsky multiple times throughout his career. I don't think he's too afraid of Vasilevsky. He's had his number, but, um, you know, you cannot tell me Austin Matthews is not going to come play in this series. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but I also think so is Mitch Marner. I think these two know what they're up against. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Amazon series that came out um last september the footage of them after the playoff game against montreal you could tell it clearly burned them both and uh, i think they're going to come out really hard this series and i think this might be the year the leafs do get out of the first round in which i hope <laughs> but austin matthews no there's just no denying his talent and if you do so you're absolutely insane we haven't seen somebody score 60 goals in almost a decade now and actually might be a decade plus and we haven't seen somebody score 51 goals in 50 games since 1996 which is three decades ago so you know it's absolutely insane the amount of hate austin matthews is getting and the criticism and the people projecting they're just going to fall off in the postseason that's absurd and i'm really looking forward to austin matthews changing a lot of the narrative hopefully starting here tonight but with that the fourth line tonight is where i'm gonna go more deeper now with the tampa fourth line as well and that is Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford, and Colin Blackwell, who will be playing center. You know, I'm not a fan of this. Um, I understand this series is going to be physical. Sheldon Keefe came out with a quote yesterday saying that he expects this to be a physical, borderline violent series in round one here between these two. We know how the game finished in Tampa. We know the way Tampa likes to play. We saw what they did last year in round one against the Florida Panthers. But Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford on the same line together, I'm not a fan of. They have a combined 16 points. Um, I wrote about this on the newest article on the Battleborn Fan Talk website if you want to read uh, my lineup for Game 1 talk. But, you know, I'm just disappointed. Um, you know, this screams truculence from this fourth line. This looks like Sheldon Keefe is going to rely on the top nine forwards. You know, obviously when you look at guys like Austin Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, and how much money the whole offense makes and you know, the emergence of Ilya Mikheyev this year finally finishing his chances and Pierre Engvall, who's just, you know, really growing into a really important piece here. And obviously Andre Kasha coming back and hopefully Michael Bunting. You can rely on your their top nine, like just looking at it. But I still, with how this Leafs team's done in the past and, you know, we've seen Austin Matthews and Marner do struggle in postseasons, which is evident. I can't deny as much as I love the players. They have not been at their A game. 
But I do think they're going to fix that this year. I think they're going to have a strong postseason, but I just don't like sitting Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza almost has as many goals as Wayne and Kyle have combined points. And I understand the physical edge is what Clifford's going to bring tonight, but you know Tampa Bay can score on all four lines. That fourth line that is physical, that can fight, it's not a fourth line that can only do that. They can play well. They're that defensive unit. They can defend well. They always take their, uh, I guess, defensive zone face-offs. They're, you know, one of the better teams in that aspect of the NHL in a whole. But still, I just don't think this is a good idea. I think against Tampa Bay, it's all going to be about speed. And I think that's going to lead me to my three keys to the series now. But just wrapping it up, you know, it should be Spezza, Blackwell, and at least one of Wayne or Kyle. I don't think two enforcers is which, which what, that's pretty much what they are in today's world in the NHL. Wayne Simmons had a struggling season offensively, a lot better than Kyle Clifford offensively. You know, Wayne is a former 30-goal scorer and all that stuff, but he just has not been able to come out with some offense this season. And I'm not praising Spezza like he's been a star all season long, but he does have 25 points in 71 games. So if you're asking me from my fourth line if I want more offense or just fighting to match up with the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm going to take the offense because I believe in this Maple Leafs team. I really do. They're deep, they're fast, and I just don't want them to get stuck trying to be something they're not. And what I mean by that is we've seen teams in the past who have struggled year in, year out, and the narrative has been, well, this team wasn't physical enough or this team wasn't fast enough. And then they go all out and trying to find pieces to change that narrative, which is what I find the Leafs did here playing Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons because now they're going to try and match up with the truculence of Tampa Bay. But you're a speed-driven hockey team. You're an offensive team. You're a finesse hockey team. And I don't like putting in Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons, basically punting the offense from the fourth line just for some, I guess, aggression and um, the aggressiveness coming from your fourth line. You know, I understand that it's going to be a physical series, but this is the most penalized team in the league, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I understand that whistles go away in the playoffs and there's less penalties, but there's still penalties that are going to be called. Even a guy like Nick Abruzzese, and I've been very impressed with the way he's finished the season here. I know he only has one point in nine games, and it was a goal that came in the last game of the year, but still his speed and his ability to carry the puck to the neutral zone is something that is going to draw penalties. The Maple Leafs play a very puck possession-based game, and that's you know, vital to their success. And I think by adding Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford into the same lineup, I don't think that matches what they're built for. I think that's just setting them up for failure in a way. And uh, I'm not happy with this move. And if this is just a game one move to set the tone of the series, like I think that's old thinking. This is a new brand of hockey here in the NHL. It's all speed and skill driven. I don't like this move at all. And I'm, I'm going to voice my opinion on that. If the Leafs do lose tonight, because I think a guy like Jason Spezza, who has shown up in the postseason, actually probably the second best forward from last year's playoff run and the year prior to that against Columbus as well. I think this is a totally bad decision. And, you know, Tampa Bay is not going to come out tossing gloves and all this stuff. They're not going to bully you like Boston did. This is a much older team in Toronto now. They have a much more veteran defensive presence between Mark Giordano, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, even Morgan Riley is a veteran now. Um, you know, Labushkin is also a physical defenseman who's not afraid to get in there and, you know, lay the body. I just don't like this move at all from every, you know, facet of looking at it. But with that, let's go to my three keys of the series now. And first up, I kind of just talked about his speed. The way you're going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning is off speed and how 
fast you can be on both ends of the ice. And if you're first in the corners and, you know, you're just driving the speed of play and you're attacking quick, the transition game is another thing that's crucial. If the Leafs are able to use their speed and finesse like they've done uh, in the two games that they've beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning this season, then they should have no problem. But it's also going to come down to Tampa's speed, right? Tampa's a fast team as well. Back-to-back Stanley Cup champions because they're fast, they're physical, they're tall, they have great size, and um, you know they take risks. And that's a complete hockey team that the Leafs are going to be going up against tonight. But the Toronto Maple Leafs have just as much talent, if not more, to you know beat these guys. And I really think that they have a shot here, but it's going to be on speed. And it's going to rely on you know your top nine because basically now with Wayne and Kyle in the lineup, you're not going to get the speed from that line. You're not going to get the offensive production from that line. Um, it's kind of just going to be your basic old fourth line. I don't know about the move. I'm surprised uh, Kyle Dubas is going with this. But, um, you know, I would have probably rather seen even a guy like Nick Abruzzese for his speed against the Lightning tonight. And I understand, you know, there's going to be a lot of old takes and how that Abruzzi, uh, sorry, Abruzzese is a smaller forward and he would get, you know, crushed in the postseason, all this stuff. But come on, like it's a speed driven game now. It's going to be on who wins. These teams play very similar systems. It's going to be all about offense. And um, I'm just not a fan of Clifford and Wayne both playing because they're both arguably the slowest forwards um, on the team. But with that, let's go to special teams now. Uh, Special teams, we know the Leafs power play has been awesome all season long. It is actually still first in the NHL, 27.3%. You know, Tampa Bay, I've been saying it all episode, they are the most penalized team in the league. Actually, second, sorry. They're the second most penalized team in the whole league whole league they're the second most penalized team let them take their penalties i understand the whistles are going to go away in the playoffs everybody says that's a whole different game there's less penalties called but they're going to get called on they take a lot of penalties they take a lot of um i guess stupidity calls as well we've seen their head coach john cooper lose his frustration to the media about how you know they're treated misfairly and it's so unfair and all this stuff but no they just they just do stupidity like this sorry they just have stupid moments they do and that's something that i think the leafs can strive off of and we've seen leafs teams in the past not pick up on this um from the boston bruins but i think you're gonna have a guy like patty maroon who's gonna get you a hooking call here and there and you're gonna get your chances and that's how matthews and marner are going to be able to find their footing in this series it's gonna be all about special teams i truly believe if the maple leafs can keep up their pace of the best power play in the nhl they will have no problem scoring goals in this series and when you're scoring goals even though they're going against vasileski you're gonna have a good chance of winning so with that i think the leafs have a good shot but it's going to be all about letting tampa you know just do stupid stuff don't go out there ice your fourth line like kyle clifford take uh instigating penalty or something stupid like that which we've seen certain points and I'm not, a, I'm not a hater of Clifford and Wayne. I like I love them both, respectively. I think they bring a very needed juice to this lineup. But both of them on the same time at this in the same game, I just don't know why this, that's like the decision they're going with here because the playoffs is all about secondary scoring. And uh, as much as I love Mikheyev's growth and Engvall's emergence, I just don't trust uh, you know relying on your top nine because of the ways the postseason's gone in the past. But with that, you know, face-off percentage, the Maple Leafs are still first. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a very average team in the faceoff circle. They're 15th in the league this year. It's going to be about that. It's going to be how much 
puck possession the Leafs have, how much of their game they can play. We know Tampa Bay has outskated them throughout the year. We just saw the 8-1 loss, but there's no Justin Hall tonight, so that's an advantage for the Maple Leafs because we've seen how much he's struggled against Tampa Bay this year. But still, it's going to be important. And, you know, special teams is usually where you win or lose a series. And with that, you also got to talk about the penalty kill. And obviously, the Leafs have the better penalty kill as well, which is why I think they are you know, still the team that was probably going to make it out of the series. They're eighth in the league compared to Tampa Bay's 11. Um, they're also, you know, average in terms of taking penalties. The Maple Leafs, they're only 15th in the league. So they're not, it's it's going to be important for how many penalties the Leafs do take because you don't want to give power, uh, Tampa Bay their power play opportunities. Their numbers are still, um, you know, not, I guess, not a good way to look at it because of how many games uh, Kucherov and Braden Point has missed throughout the season. But, Still, for them to be eighth is impressive, and I'm a little worried. I am, and you know, I just think you got to let Tampa play their game. They're not Tampa that we saw the last two seasons. They're just not. I think Goudreau and Coleman missing is still huge. I love Nick Paul. He, Nick Paul is a guy I wanted in the Maple Leafs because I believe he is a perfect depth scoring forward. He's a space eater is what I call him because he's so physical, and he's got some good uh, speed to his game that he usually draws defenders on him and usually can take a two-on-one and just hold on to the puck and create space for himself that because he's taking two with him, there's going to be space open around the rink for the rest of his teammates. And we've seen him knife through Justin Hall um, multiple times. Either that was when he was with Ottawa or the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, good thing Hall's not playing because that would be certainly a problem. As much as... I'm happy with Justin Hall's improvement from where it was at the start of the year to the end of this year. I think he's in a perfect spot right now with being the, I guess, seventh or eighth defenseman here um, because I don't think he deserves to be playing every night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But with that, let's just go to the second key now for my series, three keys to the series. Uh, It's going to, uh, sorry, the third one. It's going to be protection in front. And protection in front is going to be important because you're going against a guy like Nick Paul, like I said, you're going against a Patrick Maroon, um, you know, even a guy like Kalorn as well, and Andre Palat. Tampa's really good at getting traffic in front. We've seen them do it throughout the season in the four games they've played against Toronto. Obviously, when Tampa's had their success, it's been driven off the net front presence, and it's going to be important for the Maple Leafs to, you know, control that move bodies out of the way, let Jack Campbell see the puck, because if the Leafs are able to do that, Jack Campbell is usually on his best games, and if Campbell can see the puck, he's going to stop it, he's a good goaltender, but his problem is, is when he's getting screened in front, and as much as I love Labushkin, Labushkin has to watch out, because yes, he does mow over guys in front of the net, but he still somehow gets in the way of Jack's eyes, and that could be a real problem, we've seen it multiple times throughout this season, no matter who they're up against, Protecting in front of the net, protecting your crease and your goal is going to be the making or breaking point of the Maple Leaf series. And I truly believe that because it's been their downfall all season long. The Leafs are good on transition. They're a fast team and all that stuff. I'm not worried about that. They have a good system. They have a good structure. They have the talent to play. Jake Muzzin coming back and simplifying his game has been crucial. Mark Giordano has been insane on that pairing with Timothy Liljegren and you know, he's really made Lilligren's performance mature. And, you know, I'm completely comfortable with Timothy now playing tonight. But this team needs to protect in front. And Mark Giordano, this is where his worth is going to come from. Obviously, Kyle Zubis 
you know, made that trade at the deadline. All like Rasmus Sandin, who's gonna be in the press box tonight, has been arguably the least best defenseman all year. And just because of the veteran presence and you know his ability in front of the net and all that stuff with Jake Muzzin, those two guys are going to be playing behind uh, in his spot. And I don't think you're going to see Lilligren uh, come out for Sandine because I don't think the Leafs are going to want to go with two pairings that are both lefty on lefty. But still, Rasmus Sandine, uh, you know, you got to think the leash is going to be short for uh, some of the defensemen in this series because you can't leave Sandine sitting in the press box uh, with how good he's played this season. So in front of the net is going to be important, and um, you know that's going to be the making or breaking point. With that, let's go to the goaltenders now. Andre Vasilevsky this year is 39, 18, and 5, a 2.49 goals against average, a 9.16 save percentage, two shutouts on the season. He will be going against Jack Campbell, who's 31, 9, and 6, a 2.64 goals against average, and a 9.14 save percentage with five shutouts on the season. Jack Campbell, you know, up and down season. Kind of talked about this at the start. But Campbell, he knows what he's up against. He was the goalie last year for the postseason. You can tell it really hurt him. He was crying after Game 7 in Toronto when they lost to Montreal. I think he's going to have a good series. I think he knows. If he's confident and he can see the puck, I have full faith in him. It's just going to be up to the decor. And, you know, it's going to be up to Jake Muzzin a lot too. I find when the Leafs have played Tampa Bay, when he's – kind of been the Jake Muzzin that we saw at the start of the year where he was just, you know, playing high-octane hockey where it was very high event. He was, you know, exploring the offensive zone and he didn't really have that connection with Justin Hall or, you know, to kind of mark the, I guess, the own end of uh, this Leafs team. He struggled and, you know, he sometimes gets lost. And if Muzzin can simplify his game like he's done since returning from injury, I'm confident in his game. But, you know, Jack Campbell, he's going to need his decor to help him out as well. He's obviously not Andre Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky is a monster. His size, his athleticism, um, you know, his puck tracking. But his most underrated skill set of his game is his mobility. For a guy of his size and stature, for him to, you know, slide across the crease with such ease, like he is, you know, one of a smaller goaltender, like a UC Saros that is all about his skating and mobility to stop pucks. It's just freakish of nature. It is like it is outstanding how good of a goaltender and how talented he is. And, um, you know, his mobility is going to be something that, you know, it's going to be tough to break down if you're on the Leafs offense, but I think you could still beat him because he's beatable. The Leafs have done it multiple times this year, um, especially in the most recent game that they beat Tampa Bay in a 6 2 victory. But with that, obviously, the, you know, odds are in Tampa's favor in terms of goaltending. Vasilis, he's a guy that in a game seven can get you a shutout. He's just a monster. And um, yeah, that's just that. But you're going to have to get bodies in front. You're going to have to get him off his game a bit. If you break him early, which is something that's so important to mention for tonight, as I start to wrap up this episode is you have to have a strong start. You cannot afford to let Tampa Bay score first, score a couple goals early on. And that building goes silent because Scotiabank arena you know, I've been there all season long. When the Leafs score first, it is a lot more louder. With the building already being silent as it is because of, you know, the corporate owners and all that stuff, especially in the lower bowl, this arena can get as quiet as a library if the Leafs do not show up early. So we've seen it against game uh, against teams like the Seattle Kraken, Arizona Coyotes, when they've come to town and just kind of snuffed out the Maple Leafs crowd. 
But if you start off strong, a quick goal by Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, even one of the depth guys, would get this building buzzing. You know the Leafs have the best fans in the NHL. They have the most fans. That arena is going to be packed to the top tonight. It's going to be loud. And uh, if the Leafs can start early, then I think that you're going to have a good advantage. But if you do not and you let Kucherov just get a nice you know, power play goal in the opening 10 minutes, that building could go as silent as a pin drop. So, you know, that's something to monitor. Um, Jack Campbell is going to need a strong start. Jack Campbell, when he starts off strong in games, he usually has good performances. So I'm hoping that he can start off well um, because we're going to need Jack Campbell to win this series no matter how much, um, you know, scoring goes on for the Maple Leafs. It's going to be about goaltending as well because goaltending wins you championships, and I'm a huge believer in that. But, you know, the power play tonight looks like it's going to be the same one. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Morgan Riley. You're going to have to fire. Shoot the puck. Don't hold on to it too long. Don't look for the extra pass. It's the playoffs now. you got to fire on all cylinders. You don't know what's going to go in. And uh, that's just my final tweaker for this episode is, you know, just get pucks on net. And Vasilevsky, great goaltender, but you cannot afford to hold on an extra two seconds looking for that backdoor pass when you have a clear shooting lane. And we've seen Pierre Engvall do this a lot at the start of the season. And we've also seen Matthews do it at certain points as well. Even Marner, you just got to shoot the puck. You can't think about it. You can't overthink. You can't grip your stick too tight because if you do so, it's going to affect you in a very negative way. And, you know, the Maple Leafs do have a chance in the series. I'm quite confident about that. I love this team. But, um, you know, it's going to be tough. And as much hope as I have for tonight and for this series, um, you have to be well aware of your opponent who you're going against. I will be there in attendance tonight. I will be very excited. Um, I'm not ready for the season to end yet. So, obviously, game one, it's going to be important to start off strong. The numbers are in the Leafs' favor. The Leafs are the home favorite as well. So, you know, all things are pointing that way in the Leafs' direction, but we all know how that usually goes. So, with that, let's hope Austin Matthews shuts up the haters. Let's hope Marner comes out flying and Nylander just puts the puck in the back of the net. And John Tavares as well. We're going to need you. Morgan Riley, we're going to need the secondary scoring from the defense. Mark Giordano, 11 points in 18 games, I think, with the Maple Leafs, or might be 12 and 18 now. Um, his, you know, offense coming uh, from Seattle has helped the Maple Leafs a ton. And to beat Tampa Bay, you're going to need scoring from top to bottom, no matter who's playing in your lineup, if that's Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford as well. It's going to need to come from top to bottom. So with that, that's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua Anselmo. I will be with you guys tomorrow, probably with a guest um i think dan might come back to the show might be making a return for uh game one recap but just to end it off quick my prediction for the series is leafs win in seven so i'm confident in this team um i think they're gonna do something special tonight so i just hope they don't get stuck trying to be something you're not because we've seen that happen with teams before perfect examples the pittsburgh penguins who won back-to-back stanley cup champions then traded for reeves and tried to go tough and it just destroyed um that team and they haven't made it out of the first round since so With that, it's all going to come down to tonight, and uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Um, It's going to be high offensive hockey, and I think this might be the best series in the NHL. So with that, go Leafs. Um, Yeah, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Let's hope they start off strong and win game one. Thank you all for listening. See you tomorrow.